Amen. Good morning. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Where's one of my strong young people? Where's Dizzle? <laughs> Pastor Ronnie said that he's one of the strong young people. Okay, Pastor. Uh, in the wing, there's a stool. I've tried to hide this from my family, mostly my wife. Uh, I help Coach Bragg uh, coach the Lancaster football team, and we played last night, and I'll tell you about it, but they're a booth where I sit has steps that go down the back and they're in the dark and when you're 55-ish almost and you're not wearing your glasses, you can miss a step. So I'm going to try not to sit on that because I'm prideful, <laughs> but uh, I may end up leaning on that. But um, a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, thank you to everybody that brought toys for the toy run. Appreciate that. Uh, the next two Sundays... The 15th and the 22nd, we need your shoe boxes back for Operation Christmas Child and for the seniors, and you can drop those off in the guest services over there, and we'll get those taken care of. Uh, fundraiser. Chelsea had a fundraiser yesterday. Um, so real quickly, thank you to the bikers for cooking all the shrimp. Boy, man, that was amazing, and french fries, and all the young people. We had youth there serving, and just everybody that participated, she raised... Just north of 1400 right? And then we had a matching donor from out of state that said, I'll match every dollar up to 1200 So that made it 2600 Then someone anonymously left an envelope and said, whatever's left, we'll cover. So she is now fully funded at $18,000. If you participated in that, thank you. Great is your reward. Um, and she just has about 900 more on her personal level to raise for her personal expenditures while she's gone. Um, so that took care of all that. Mourn with those that mourn. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Coach Bragg, are you in the room? Oh, man, you better be watching. Congratulations to the Lancaster Christian Academy Knights for winning their first round playoff game last night, making it to the semifinals next week. And some of the players are in the room. If you're a player and you're in the room, would you stand real quick? Come on, don't be bashful. Come on, guys. You also have elders and men in this church that serve on that coaching staff, pouring godly leadership into those. And congratulations to uh, Coach O'Day, the, the um, athletic director, and to... Pastor O'Day, the headmaster. And then lastly, before we get into the word, I know it's a lot, but we're going here. Um, uh, a sister that used to attend the church years ago, hasn't been able to for quite a while, um, Mary Sue Bennett. She lives in Murfreesboro, got some health issues. And on the 12th, she's having a heart catheter put in. And she was wanting us to pray for her today. She's watching online. And uh, I'm just going to take this opportunity. If you're in the room and you need healing or a touch, would you just stand right now? If there's something in your body you need healing, amen. If you're around these people, would you lay hands on them? Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. You said that we could come boldly before your throne and make our petitions known. We know that you have many names, many names. And one of those names is Rapha. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. 
So Lord, I pray for peace for Mary Sue Bennett, and I pray for this procedure, God, that it goes smoothly and according to everything the doctors are planning. Lord, I pray that you give her comfort in this time, and Lord, a quick recovery, and Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are standing. Lord, I don't know every need that's being represented, but you do. So Lord, I pray healing in these bodies in the name of Christ, just as Pastor Ronnie just went through the table, Lord. We celebrate healing through the blood of Christ that was shed, Lord. So we accept it and we claim it in the name of Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you, guys. So, this week we're talking about kingdom works, and I might need to put on glasses. Let's see if we can do that. And make sure we're far enough away that I don't fall off the step. Don't laugh at me, Jeffrey. Kingdom works. Uh Uh-oh. Cut it on. Rule number one. Did I really? Hey, well, there you go. Stand and let's read the word. I was looking there and nothing came up. That's because I don't have notes up there yet. All right. This is a long scripture. I'm sorry. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor... Don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. That's a sermon. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive, so their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that you don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Father, may you reveal yourself through your word today in Christ's name. So at first, you may be seated. I got to get used to that. pretty easy passage to read. It's pretty black and white. 
when you first look at it, but it can be difficult to unpack on a first read. So I thought about looking at the original language, and uh, I don't know about you, but I don't read Greek nor speak Greek, and I wanted to use Angie Bashir's favorite, the Amplified, but who's got time for all those words? So I thought, what better, what better source than children? The more I walk, the worse it gets. So guess what? Big boy's going to lean. All right. If, guys, if you'll play that video. Ouch. Ow. What do you think it means to be careful not to do your good works in front of people? Go ahead. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be nice to people. You go first. Well, what was the question again? What do you think Jesus means when he says to be careful about doing your good deeds in front of a lot of people? Uh, you... <laughs> Just speak about the Bible? Okay. And when he says not to get a lot of attention for doing it because your Father in Heaven won't reward you because you're doing it in front of others, what do you think he means by that? Because he's, he wants it to be private and not them, let them not let them know. Just for it to be private so they don't know. Okay. So what about this? He's talking about doing for the poor. And he says when you're giving to the poor... To not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What do you think he means by that? Where you give it to them, but you don't tell anybody. Okay. You just, like, you like keep them, like, privately. Um. Um. Helping people. Okay, right. He wants you to help people. And so when you're helping people, he told them, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. <laughs> So what do you think that means? If you're helping somebody, how do you not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing? Why is that even happening? Uh, why is that even happening? You would think your left hand would have to know, right? If you're eating dinner and you've got a fork in one hand and a spoon in the other hand, do you think you know which hand the fork and the spoon's in? Probably, right? So I wonder what that means, too. That one's a hard one to figure out. Fork? Spoon? No. <laughs> this would be fork. This hand is okay. your fork. So the left hand is your fork. Okay. The one hand you hold. And, and so you don't tell people what you're doing with your left hand while you're helping them with your right hand, right? Yes. Well, um, I think he means that um, where um, you um, tell somebody, but you don't tell anybody else. Oh. Keep it secret, huh? Anybody else have a thought on that one? It's a hard one. It is a hard one. That's why we need you guys to help moms and dads understand it. So when you give to the poor, Jesus says, he said, when you give to the poor, don't announce it with trumpets. That's what hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets so that they're praised by the people. What do you think a hypocrite is? It's where someone... Tells you what to not do, but you still do it. Oh. What do you wisdom? I think it's where uh, you say like something to somebody, and uh, you're telling them not to, or you're telling them not to do it, but you do it anyways. Okay. 
Something that's in the water. Something that's <laughs> in the water? Okay. What do you think? What do you think, Bradley? What do you think hypocrite is? Whatever you think it might be, you tell us. Frog. A frog? Okay. <laughs> Hypocrites could be like frogs in one way because they act one way in the water and they act a different way when they're out of the water, right? A hypocrite is somebody that acts one way when they're in front of certain people and then they act a different way in front of other people. Hypocrite? You want to say it? You can say it. All right. So I think a hypocrite is like when you tell someone not to do something and then the person that said that just does what you just did. Okay, that's a pretty good definition. So when we read the scripture, be careful not to do good works in public in order to attract attention. What do you think he means there? To not take, because he doesn't want you to take advantage of the attention. Right. There you go. Thank in other you words, guys. you might you be the attention for yourself instead of for who? That's where I wanted to get. I like that line, to not take the attention for yourself. There were other interesting answers. That, that little video took about an hour to shoot. I wish you could have been in the room. Uh, <laughs> wow, it's a frog. Um, hallelujah, it's a frog. So, so what do we do now? I mean, I'm more confused now than when I was looking at it in the Greek and in the Amplified, Angie. Uh, but here's what we know. Jesus is talking to them. They're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is an instance where he didn't use a parable or narrative story. A lot of time, Jesus uses parables or he'll tell a narrative story to get a point across. This is pretty <laughs> pure and unfiltered. I mean, he point blank, here's some instruction and you need to hear this. Uh, another point that we uh, realize about this is that um, he calls attention to our personal piety. And, and what's going on in our lives. Back up one for you. Uh, the duties that we do, our spiritual duties, and he focused on three pretty big ones, giving and prayer and fasting. Um, and man, he hit it hard. He hit it really hard. So men's applause. I think one of the kids was talking about it. Talking about not to do it for the applause or for the attention to others. I think Hadassah might have said it. You can tell one person, but don't go telling everybody. Sometimes we can in here and we'll tell you that, hey, just want you to know, because of your generosity, we were able to A, B, or C. That's a whole different thing. What we're doing there is encouraging you and thanking you because of what you've been faithful to do unto the Lord that allows us to do things on a greater level for those in need. That's a whole different subject than what Christ is talking to these people here. He's talking to them about situations where they had public festivals and feasts and things that would go on. And there would be contributions and things that are happening during the festival. Might be times of fasting during the festival and activities that are going on. And the hypocrites, the frogs, the things that are in water, would get out there and draw attention to themselves. If you remember the scripture that we had this passage, there was one, I forgot, it was a weird one. I looked up like a lot of translations. One of them said, comb your hair and wash your face. You know, don't go around sullen because a lot of times they would rend their clothes, they would put on sackcloth and ashes and just like he said, disfigure your face. Oh, I'm, 
I'm suffering for the Lord. I'm, I'm fasting. Listen, I've, I've gone to lunch with people and tried to buy their lunch. Or, hey, go ahead and order. And they'll go, oh, no, brother, I'm fasting. Listen, you don't have to tell me that. Just order something and don't eat it or drink some water. But don't make a big deal out of it. Do your thing, you know. Um, so back to this slide. The basic theme in all three sections is this about a matter of the heart. It's not to do our righteousness for the purpose of being seen by others. Three times he said that they did that and they got their reward. And what kind of reward was that, man? It was temporal. It was useless. It was, it was fleeting. It said, not for the applause of men or for the public recognition, but we are compelled to do what we do. In fact, Jesus addresses giving just a couple of passages later in a different story. Concerning giving, he says this, and man, my eyeballs, good Lord, help us, Jesus. Just then, he looked up and saw the rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate. Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies, and he said, the plain truth is that this widow has given by far the largest offering today. All these others made offerings that they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford she gave her all. How many times have I given to something and never missed it where God may have been speaking for me to give a little more or I didn't quite give all? Um, I'm guilty of that in my relationship with my family. Somebody else said that Pastor Kevin had to repent for things looking at Facebook. Man, one of the things that Pastor Ronnie told me 10, almost 11 years ago now was that the family is your first ministry. And he told God, I'll go into ministry, but I'm not going to sacrifice my family. And how many times do I get wrapped up in serving other people and forget my first ministry to my wife and to my children? You know, we get wrapped up in things and we forget things. We kind of put it out aside. I want to give my all, all the time. I believe Justin was talking about being all in. So then he shares this parable on prayer. Now, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. There's a sermon. And viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and began praying this in regard to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, crooked, adulterers, or even that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was uneven to even raise his eyes toward heaven. And beating his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other one. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. God also addressed fasting. In the book of Joel, he speaks to the prophet. He said, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And with fasting, weeping, and mourning. And tear your heart, not merely your garments. 
Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. See, the practice is fasting, and you sackcloth and ash, and you just rend your clothes and make a show of it and bow down face first into the dirt. God doesn't look at the external things. He's looking at the heart. Tear your heart. God, where is there pride in my life? Where am, where am I exalting myself above what you're calling me to do? He wants us to rend our hearts before him and be broken before him that he can touch places in our life. Fasting is something we don't talk about a lot. And what that is is to sacrifice mainly food for a period of time that you might be eating to spend time in communion with God. You know, Jesus and the disciples, when they were at the well and they, they go to get food and he comes back, they come back and he said, oh, I've already eaten. Because he was doing the work of the Father. He had time with the Lord and was able to pour into the woman at the well. So fasting is that setting forth time to have communion with God, praying for direction in your life, praying for your family, things like that. It can be food, it can be other things, social media. By the way, do y'all realize that it is November the 8th and Jesus Christ is still Lord and God is still the sovereign king? Amen. Nothing has changed from today and November 3rd, just so you know. So walk in peace and walk in the power and assurance of God that he is in control. When we do what we do for Christ, it's always about the heart. Everything is about the heart. It's a heart attitude. The giving that he talked to with the, the widow, it was about her heart. Her heart was all in. She gave extravagantly all that she had. God bless that call. <laughs> when it was prayer, whose heart did he hear? He heard the tax collector because he prayed from a repentant, humble heart. And the fasting is about tearing your heart before him and being open. It's always a matter of your heart. Pastor Ronnie shared last week that this world system, he shared these things. There's only three basic sins in life, and there they are. And this world system tries to use those three to get after your heart. To, to, to take your heart and defile it. When we yield to a world kingdom... Will produce kingdom fruit. I saw this. This is the Alan Smith translation. Out of the abundance of your heart, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc., your mouth speaks, your intentions show, your motives are revealed, and interests are made known. I like Facebook that much because I can stay in touch with my mom and my family in Carolinas and Georgia without having to call them because, Mom, if you're watching, I love you. But 48 minutes every time is a long phone call. <laughs> I do love you, Mother. I do. Call your moms. I like it for that reason. But boy, black and white, you can't see somebody's heart. You can't hear their voice. You don't know what they're saying. And too many things are said through those mediums that divide and separate rather than pull us together. So that's, man, I, okay. Proverbs says this, 
Above all else, guard your heart for everything. Please say everything. Everything you do, young person. Every thought you have, every action you do, everything flows out of what your heart is. If your heart is impure, impurities will come out of your mouth. It'll come out in your text to one another. It'll come out to notes to one another. It'll come out the way you treat people in class. It'll come out in how you bully people without them knowing they're bullied. Everything comes from the heart. That's why you've got to be a pure heart. David said, after all of his sin, after everything that he had done wrong, he said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. You guys are young. you got your lives ahead of you if the Lord tarries. Don't fall into the trap now. Be that young person that will be a light in the darkness. Be that one that will be that one. I've said it before, but if you're not doing it, everybody's not doing it. Be the one. We're called to be a kingdom people. And as I see it in Scripture, there's two. Paul tells us in Colossians, there's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. I've read this Scripture a lot, and you'll see it coming up. And a lot of times I just read through it. And I can't remember the title of the movie, but when I read this Scripture in my readings now, my mind sees this scene where it was, he was the conscientious objector, didn't want to shoot, didn't want to do things. And at night, he would go on the battlefield and bring this, the wounded back down, and he saved like over 300. I see this when I read this scripture now. For he has rescued us. Put it, say it with me. He has rescued me. For he has rescued me from the kingdom of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased my freedom and forgave my sins. It's different when you see their or our. When you make it personal, it'll change. Robin Critter made it personal the other week. When you make it personal, it changes inside of you. So what about this reward he talks about? We get it three times on the bookend of each passage. So I guess it depends on your heart, which kind of reward you're going to receive. The first one is earthly based, it's temporal, and it's of men. None of that lasts. These boys played their hearts out last night and beat a team 40 to nothing. I mean, they whooped them, as we say in the South. <laughs> whooped them. And after it's over, the other part of that, the first time we've ever beat that team there, we beat them at our house. It's easy to beat the boy up in your own backyard. Go to his yard with his daddy standing there and try to whoop him. That's a different thing. But we did. We went up here and we whooped them. And it was over. Parents were yelling. People were going crazy and celebrating and all that stuff. They had excitement on the bus getting back home. Got back to school, got off the bus. All right, what's next? Because it's fleeting. Don't last. It may be euphoric for the moment, but boy, it don't last you. 
But we're called to a kingdom, this kingdom based in heaven. It's eternal and everlasting, and the reward is of God. Those last. Interestingly, just a few scriptures later, and I'm not sure who's preaching on this, but he talks about treasure. Bestow up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin, that's an interesting word, vermin, where moth and vermin do not destroy where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm not the greatest English major or scholar or grammar, but I think that that last phrase, last sentence, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, could be called a transitive phrase. Musicians, if you'll come out. What do you mean by that? You could read it this way. For where your heart is, is where your treasure will be. I've heard many people share it. Let me see your checkbook, and I'll tell you what you value. I want to talk about your spiritual checkbook. Where do you invest your time and your effort for the kingdom? Y'all don't have to be quiet. It's not a scold. That's just a question. I have to evaluate that. Listen, you can do a lot of good things. But I'm having to relearn that every good thing is not necessarily a God thing. We're refocusing around here. Going through transition. And each department is trying to kind of clear itself up a little. And I'm having to refocus that goes... Just because that's good for somebody does not mean that it's God calling me or us to do that. So it's again back to your heart. You have to seek God with your whole heart. And he'll find you and he'll reveal himself to you and show you. Proverbs talks about we lay the plans for our life, but it is God who fulfills it or calls it out. Steps them out for you. Y'all can go ahead and begin. As we get to the end of this, do I believe there are treasures in heaven for me? Yeah. Do I believe there's big treasure chests full of gold and jewels and gems just waiting for me? I don't know. I mean, Maybe. But what good's it going to do me? The streets are made out of gold. So who cares? The gates to the kingdom, to the new city, are made out of giant pearls. So what is a treasure chest of stuff that I think is valuable here matter to me there? And if I'm working for that, I'm working for garbage. Because Scripture says that when we get there, all these good works, we're going to come before him. We're going to lay it down on the altar. And it's going to be consumed by his holy fire. And the stuff that's for the applause of men, I wish I could snap. Gone. Nothing, thank you. 
Nothing but ashes. But what I've done for the kingdom out of a sincere heart, a heart after God, that's what's going to go through that fire and last and be something that then I can take and go, this is yours. Because I couldn't have done it if you hadn't called me to it. I want to encourage you, don't just do stuff. We're about to start a whole new season of doing things. We want you to be called to it. Don't come to everything just to come to everything and be seen and accounted. Because I'm not going to have a clipboard going, yep, David was there, Rachel was there, Jeffrey. We want you to come because the Holy Spirit has urged you to be a part of something, to be a part of community. Because I'm telling you, the things we're going to do are not nearly, hear me, they're going to be good, they're going to be great, and they're going to bless people. But the things we're going to do are not nearly as valuable as the bonding of kingdom among us as families and brothers and sisters, sharing with one another, doing it together with a right heart. I believe the treasures in heaven for me may be this. I believe that there's going to be righteousness. I hit it twice. In peace. Joy and love. Soul, souls of friends and loved ones who's also made it from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. But you know what's different about this list? It's eternal, but we get to enjoy it now. We don't have to wait till then. We can enjoy it now. That's awesome. So it does. It comes back to this. The question is always, where's your heart? Which kingdom is your heart? A house divided cannot stand. I believe a great president said that. A heart divided is useless. <laughs> 